Hello friends, Jenkins Dota here from Dota Alchemy. I'm here with Elevated and we are bringing you the ninth episode in Alchemy Answers. What's up, Elevated Dota? Donnie, how you doing? You say that with such scorn, man. Why am I not allowed to have a cool name? Just because you, well, had, just you had to pick your last name as your okay. screen name. You have no creativity. Well, I mean, I mean I'm out I here just, trying to elevate I just don't, I just don't. All right, well, I'm trying to Jenkins the Dota community. I don't have, I just don't have a, a, a story for it. That's all. I feel bad about it. That's it. You got a problem with that? Like, I'm insecure about something, man. We all have our insecurities and our anxieties. Come on, man. You're pointing mine out, like, right in front of the whole community. What the hell, man? Yeah, airing dirty laundry at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> exactly yeah. what I want it to be. Now you're exposing the fact that I'm wearing dirty laundry. Like, we, what, what are you going to do next? You too? Yeah, oh, nice, dude. I'm not. It's not my dirty laundry. It's somebody else's. Oh, jeez. All right, let's get on the questions. <laughs> okay, let's, let's do this. Okay, is it possible? Is it actually possible? There's a question, by the way, to get out of sub 1k MMR if you have over 1k games in that tier. Like, is the matchmaking super biased against me progressing? Uh, and then the second part of that is alternatively, is it possible to improve? when you're only playing a few games a week, what are tips for improving when you have only a couple of times to play a week? Okay. Uh, I guess I'll take that one first because I read the question. And uh, yes, it is absolutely possible to get out of 1K MMR. There are a lot of psychological terms for what you are experiencing. They are usually used as insults, uh, but essentially... It's, it's very hard to notice what you're doing wrong because you don't know what you're doing wrong. Like, that's very obvious. If you give me a car to fix, I'm going to have absolutely no idea what is in front of me. Um, but if you, like, you know, teach me how to fix an engine or something like that, and then you give me an engine to fix, if I haven't seen any other engines, I'm going to feel like I can fix every single engine in the world. But then you just give me, like, something that's, like, electrical and not gas, and, it, you know, I'm just going to be exposed again like i was at the start of this video this is a horrible analogy but what i'm basically saying is that yes there are tons of things that you're doing wrong and what i would recommend is really trying to find what those are change the way that you're playing because if you're if you're with if, if you're 1k mmr and you've played a thousand games in that tier then it's very likely that you're just sitting in autopilot um i've been getting coached by a friend of mine named Loomden. We're going to actually do some content with him on the site, so look out for that. Uh, he's coached a lot of Tier 1 teams, and he's essentially talked to me about how there's a lot of players in the pro scene. Of course, this goes for, for you guys too, potentially, because it's gaming, it's all the same. There's a lot of players that are in this like hamster-in-a-wheel syndrome where you get to a certain point, you plateau intellectually when it comes to the game, and you just kind of feel like you know everything that you could possibly know, and you don't really know where to go next because you don't know where to go next, of course. Uh, and if you're just if you just keep doing the same thing, you're never going to expose yourself to new information and get yourself out of your comfort zone where you're actually going to see, oh, I could go here with the game. So basically what I would recommend is nothing specific other than literally just get out of whatever routine that you're in involving Dota and do something different. Watch replays if you've never done that before. Watch your own replays if you watch if let's say you watch pro replays and that's not working. Watch your own replays because it's only when you get out of your comfort zone in these things that you will notice you will notice things that you're doing wrong because once again, if you've played a thousand games, you're in that hamster wheel syndrome where you're blocking everything out. And clearly what you're doing, you're not exposing yourself to any of these, any, any new information. 
So you need to expose yourself to new information somehow. And the way that you do that is by changing up your routine, whatever it is. Take breaks, watch videos, uh, watch pro replays, whatever it is. Do literally anything different. And I guarantee you, eventually you'll realize something you can do better. Apply that to your games. Then you'll plateau again. Then you do something different. And then all of a sudden, after five to ten times of doing this, you've plateaued about like 7k MMR. And then at that point, there's like the pro scene and stuff like that. And of course, there's more plateaus, but that's kind of how learning works at, at the very least in, in Dota and esports is that you you hit these plateaus and you have to change something because you're not doing you're not doing something right. And I don't mean like you're not doing something right in the game, because of course we all do stuff wrong. I mean you're not doing something right in your routine. So look to change that. That's it. Yeah, that I mean that pretty much summarizes it. The the one other thing that I wanted to add to that is that um there's, there's nothing stopping you from becoming a better player except for yourself. Um, like, I, I know that it can it can feel like your team sucks and, uh, you know, you're doing everything in your power, so like, quote-unquote, to, to win the game. But the everything in your power might be, like, not the right thing. And every game is different. And so you have to actually like approach the game with a different mindset than you're approaching it. And I, I assume that if you've played a thousand games and you haven't increased in skill or rating at least, that essentially you are not approaching the game with the intent to learn anything from it whatsoever. You're basically just like playing the game because you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to play Dota. Um, and so you like click a hero and you kind of like you click to a lane and you know that you're supposed to like go towards the other side of the map. And so you're just kind of doing that. And yes, you're doing actions like casting spells and hitting creeps and buying items, but you're kind of just like there in this game and you're not like actively trying to win the game. If, if that makes sense, you're, you're kind of just like going through the motions, which is like the autopilot that the Jenkins was talking about. Exactly and so right. really the first thing that you really have to do is just be like, I'm going into this game with the intention to do X. And it could be one thing. It could literally just be like, I'm going to check my mini map every 10 seconds for like the first 10 minutes of the game and just have that be your goal. And even yeah. just doing that will shake up the routine, which is what Jenkins was talking about as well. Um, and you can just kind of introduce little things like this, little tasks, which make you actually like actively play the game as opposed to just kind of like being in it. Then the next part of the question was, is it possible to improve when you are playing only a few games a week? And I think, yeah, like, I think, I think when I, uh, there are periods where I've had my most improvement, um, where I'm not playing a lot. Like I was recently living with my girlfriend, uh, where her family lives in Arizona. And I was doing a lot of work on videos and launching the site and stuff like that. Uh, so I had very few hours in a day to play so for me i play a lot so for me like playing one or two games a day wasn't that much but those games i put so much thought into them that i actually played better i i think that playing less games can actually be better a lot of the time because you're not going to go into autopilot mode uh so i would basically recommend if you're not playing many games a week and you want to get better then it's even more important to change that routine and like donnie said go into those games with an idea of what you actually want to practice. But the great thing is, if you're not playing much in the week, you're going to be really actively thinking in those games because, fuck, you want to play, man. Like, when you, when you want to play this game, you play it so much better. Uh, so you're going to be very, very capable of applying a lot of stuff that you want to that you want to learn in those games. So, if, like like Donnie said, if you want to check your minimap every 10 seconds, that's going to be so easy for you to, to apply and remember 
in a game that you're only playing one a game that day because you really want to play. But when you're on your like fifth, sixth, tenth game, you're not going to give a shit. You're going to go on total autopilot. Of course, you can't introduce any new shit on autopilot because your brain has these neural pathways already built and you're just kind of following those lazily. But if you're playing one game, that's perfect. That's actually perfect for your scenario. I think I think it's better to get quality practice rather than, than quantity. There's obviously a balance, but I would say for the most part in Dota, just given how most people play, quality over quantity is something that a lot of people don't do and it's really really good and i think at the highest level you can you can see that and a lot of players will will say that like they would opt to scrim way better scrim partners and play only a certain amount of tournaments there's people that aren't going to majors and stuff because they want to play better in the next one like that's just a very common thing in gaming yeah uh there's i forget exactly what the terminology is but there's something about like psychological scarcity as far as like creating a need for like complete focus when you do something where essentially if you are depriving yourself of um the infinite access to something um so like like i said if you if you only have a certain amount of time if you have like a two hour period every day or even like twice a week that you can play dota um it just becomes so much more important to you when you're actually in it so it's like it's almost like a way to hack yourself whereas like if you are if you have infinite time to play Dota, let's say you're like a college kid or a high school kid on summer break and you have, you know, th two or three months of just nothing and your general routine would just to be like, wake up, play Dota from like nine in the morning until nine at night. Um, that That's where you're going to stagnate because it's just like you're just playing Dota forever. For sure. For sure. Um, whereas like if you take that time and you're just like, okay, I'm going to only play two games of Dota, period. No exceptions. If I lose two, I quit. If I win two, I quit. If I win one, lose one, I quit. Doesn't matter. That's all I have every single day. Then not only will those two games matter so much to you that you're going to try your absolute hardest the entire time, at least I would hope so, um, but you're also going to be taking in a lot more information because there's no haze of games that you're like spanning for, you know, 12 hours of, of games that are just like one coagulated mess of experience. You're going to have like you have two... time to process it too afterwards. Yeah. You're like, oh, but before you play the next game, you'll think of the next day or the next couple days, you'll actually think I need to change this about my play because yeah. you'll have time to think about it as opposed to just playing. It's this coagulation, like Donnie said. It's exactly. a nasty word. <laughs> I mean, that's what the experience is, though. If you it is, it really playing, is. Like twelve games of Dota a day for a month. By the end of that month, you'll be like, I don't even remember any of those games. The next question actually is, uh, it's interesting that we kind of already answered it, but somebody said, I go on autopilot a lot. How do I keep my brain actively thinking about the game? And I think my my absolute best recommendation for that is to play when you want to play, and a good way to do that is to play less frequently uh because you'll really really want to play I, I think that's the best way to to not uh go on autopilot and then avoid playing when you're sleepy or uh drinking or smoking or any of these like stupid mental states that you you just shouldn't be you know I, you wouldn't want to try to actively think in any of these mental states you know or do anything in this like in a mental state where you're like tired or hungry or something like because you're not going to focus right so uh, definitely, yeah, play less. Play less is actually amazing if you find that you're going into autopilot. There's a lot of people that don't experience that, though. So I would say if you're if that's not a problem for you, then you probably don't want to, like, you know, exposing yourself to more Dota is definitely good if you want to get better, as long as it's it's still quality Dota. It's all about quality. Just consider the quality of 
of, of your play. And if it's, if it's shitty, then lower the amount of Dota that you're playing, maybe increase the amount of replays that you're watching. If you, if you really want to feel the, the Dota sphere, you know, and, and, and feel that around your, your body and, and enjoy that. And I don't know where I'm, where I'm going with this, but yeah, play less Dota. I'm, less I'm Dota. kind of a huge fan. So in addition to the, like, kind of individual tasks during a game, which is one way to kind of get yourself actively thinking about the game. I like to almost like, I kind of like to punish myself a little God. bit. <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was getting weird, man, with that, with but, that Dota spear caressing me shit. And this is getting weird. What, what I mean by that is if I find myself on autopilot, like, no, you're a dirty boy, Donnie. <laughs> if I, if I'm playing a game and I realize that like, I basically kind of haven't been trying my hardest. I haven't, I've missed like a bunch of last hits because I've just kind of been like, not focusing maybe i'm just listening to music or sometimes i'll even play i i'll admit this i'll play dota just because i feel like i should be playing it because you know i have to make videos and at the same time i'll like be watching a tv show on my other one and like that is like the quintessential so so game losing and if i find myself doing that i'll be like okay you're done and i just like close dota i'm like you're not allowed to play anymore today you have to go do something else you have to go like work out, clean, like, the kitchen, like, do the dishes, walk the dogs. You have to do some other task, like, chore task, because uh, one of the big things that comes with autopiloting, I think, is kind of, like, Dota depression is what I'm going to call it, where basically you just, like, you just, like we said, there's just, like, this haze of games that you're playing, and at the end of the day, you generally have either lost MMR or you've come out even, and you feel like you spent, like, 12 hours doing nothing. Dota depression. That's a good term. I like like, that. So you're just, like, wasting your life is kind of what it feels like because you haven't, like, made any progress because you're not actively trying to learn and you're not gaining MMR because it's just not possible to gain MMR when you're autopiloting. So It's not. Not consistently. Yeah. So basically, not only... uh, to deal with this Dota depression, so I'm I'm just gonna fucking call it that for now. Just that's, call it that. Fuck that's it, man. Totally what it is. Dota so, depression, man. One thing that is true about real depression is that if you do something like physical or do some small task that makes you feel accomplished, like cleaning your room or you know doing the dishes or something like that, you actually well, I need get, to do that. you actually get like a legitimate bit of accomplishment dopamine high which then helps you get out of this depression so like regular depression dota depression can be combated by doing something like that and like i said that's how i like punish myself if i find myself autopiloting and it usually helps me snap out of that yep okay so what heroes do you want to get nerfed in the upcoming 7.20 patch and maybe it's 8.0 you never know um I think I also want to answer like what heroes I expect to get nerfed, but I'll, I'll, I'll first go through my opinion on what I would want to get nerfed. I want Spectre to get nerfed. I'm going to be totally honest. My last two games I played Spectre because it is an unbelievably easy hero to win MMR with. I don't like the idea that you simply need to survive until late game with this hero, and then you basically automatically win, and there's like nothing the enemy team can really do to you. I don't like that. That feels, that feels wrong, especially in... A st- when the game is in a, this state where it's very hard for people to end in pubs, it just seems like that. There's some, you know, some metas where people are like five manning and death balling and they end, but this does not seem like a meta. Like people struggle to to end the game; they just farm like crazy. High so is really hard. It's pretty hard, and Spectre is is so good if you can just hold out. 
high grounding is, is relatively easy if you have a coordinated team and a large advantage and smart players and good communication. But like, when does any of that exist in a pub? Never. So Spectre is just like the ultimate pub hero. Um, I think she's a little bullshit. I think Enchantress is a hero that has no effective counters right now. Uh, what used to counter her was magic damage. That's not a thing anymore because she has the magic damage talent and because she builds a hood very typically. In the laning phase, she was counterable by certain heroes. Now that she can purge, she counters them. Like She kind of counters Clinks. She kind of counters Ursa. Those were two notorious counters to her so like there's just all of these counters gyro is kind of a shitty hero there are all these counters that used to exist to enchantress that are either terrible or have been nerfed against her so she just has no counters and it doesn't really feel fair that, that a hero is like that in in dota and obviously being like the top of band top band hero in ti8 uh it's very clear that pros also think that as well i think that she i think that she's had an uh, you know she's had a nice run but it's and I say that as an Enchantress player, man. I play that hero a lot. I think she's had a nice run. Uh, is there anything else, like, in particular that I really want to be nerfed? Dark Willow. Alchem uh, honestly, Dark Willow has been pretty strong since her inception. She had that little patch there where she was kind of weak, but uh, she doesn't feel all that bullshit. I, I think for heroes that I want to get nerfed, I it's got to be the ones that feel like they're almost too easy and like you can just kind of pick them and there's no kind of like bloodseeker and i don't know what patch it was but you were playing a lot of bloodseeker donnie maybe you can tell me <laughs> like uh, yeah until they nerfed his uh his thirst significantly yeah yeah like there, there's these heroes where it just kind of feels like oh that's not quite right like it's too easy you know it's too easy to do a lot on that you see i'm okay with like a hero like Earthshaker being really strong because i don't feel like it's at a point where it, fe it feels like you actually have to be good to play that hero i feel like pudge is at a spot where it feels like you actually have to be good to to really make that hero feel overpowered so i'd say really just like enchantress and specter are two big ones for me i might say necro if you asked me like two weeks ago but with the nerfs that they added to that hero it feels like he's kind of a, at a better place is there anything i'm forgetting that's like utterly broken i guess alk is kind of but it, that requires a very specific draft and specific player too yeah like, the, the cooldown talent plus the the damage talent on the thing is like that's kind, pretty kind of insane it's pretty um, bullshit but I, you need to get to, to that point though is the thing yeah i also think that perhaps drow ranger is a little bit too strong um just because like she's she's almost like specter in the fact where like you can just lose the landing phase on purpose and still do a lot more for your team um, yeah. All you have to do is just like not completely feed and lose the game in the first like ten minutes, and you're going to be fine. Um, I agree with you that Spectre is too strong. I think Dispersion is just like an absurd spell, and the fact that you almost get like a get out of jail free card because Spectre is the only hero in the game that can die, buy back, and instantly be in the fight with maximum. That impact. too, yeah. Like, she can also just split farm anywhere and then instantly get to the fight. You don't need to have any map awareness. Like you don't need to be at the f where like you have these carries. It's like, oh, they farmed here, but then they went, they knew there was a fight. It was so amazing. But with Spectre, it's like, I did it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like good, yeah. good job. Yeah, that feels pretty bullshit. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't really think that there's any, like, super, super broken ones. I mean, I've had a few experiences in pubs where, like, Wraith King Ags is really pissing me off, but... Um, Wraith King definitely is borderline bullshit. Definitely on the borderline. He's the like, stun is a little too much. Yeah. Uh, mostly, I think it's just kind of, like, 
small things that can be tweaked with you know adding like 30 mana to a spell like wraith king stun and suddenly he's they're not going to do that though because they because they're they buffed it they'll probably make it feel like the lifesteal sucks at early levels or something like that yeah but you know something like that i i'm really curious to see what happens with this patch because i feel like the game is still in a state where people are kind of figuring out what to do still like it doesn't really feel like it's stale yet um and obviously we saw what all but five heroes picked at ti i believe something like that yeah um and so it's not like any heroes are like fully forgotten i would like to see personally as a sven player i'd like to see sven not be the worst hero in the game god um i do think that maybe they will change something with melee heroes a little bit just because i think in general the the meta is really shift to be highly like poke damage range keep your distance like kite style of of playing maybe that's just because people are getting better and figuring out that's how you should play it but it feels like for a lot of melee heroes i mean even the strong ones like ursa and wraith king um, they get kited and bloodseeker like you still get super kited and you build items to not you build like radiance where it doesn't matter if you get kited or you build like a basher blink on ursa where like you go in and you're not getting kited because you're bashing people like there are these anti-kite items that people are buying before they fight Right, but you even know. even like if it's like okay, you didn't get a bash. Now you're completely yeah. Then you you, the you, st- you still get kited. All I'm saying is like the melee heroes that the, the melee hero like there's they're building items to essentially not get kited or not care about getting kited, but they're getting kited anyway. Like yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't expect a ton. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like we're so used to these huge patches after TI, right? So you would expect like some changes to every hero in the game because usually that's what happens on these like big yearly patches. I think the biggest thing for me is that there will be some significant game mechanics changes. I think um, so too. As far as like involving Roshan, as far as like experience and gold. Um, Shrines probably too, I think. Yeah. Um, I honestly am still thinking that there's going to be some significant change to Rosh or like adding a second Rosh or something like that. Just you would think so at, at, at this point. I feel like, like there's been enough talk. Yeah, there's been enough talk about how imbalanced Roche just makes the map. No matter where you put him, you put him bottom, Dyer's imbalanced. You put him top, Radiant's imbalanced. Like, yeah, something has to change there. Yeah, I agree. That is that is for sure. Okay, let's see how to communicate with teams better. Um, use your microphone. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah, I, it's funny. I've actually had this conversation in our Discord a number of times. People are like, why won't my team listen to me? I'm like, why don't you just tell them like what you need from them? You know, I don't know, not in a very aggressive way. Just be like, hey, man, can you sit behind me? I'm going to push. Hey, can I get a ward, please? And and overwhelmingly, the answer from people in Discord is, I, well, I just don't want to use my mic. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> the, there, way, uh, the, way I, the way I do it is... Um, I try to just communicate and not give a fuck if people are annoyed by me. Um, and then if they don't listen, just ignore it. For the past couple of days, I've actually kind of gotten upset with people for not listening. Like, they'll kind of passive-aggressively, because I'm t- talking a lot, they'll be like, oh, fuck you, I'm going to do something else. And then I freak out. But that, that's not good. That's, like, <laughs> that's like bad attitude. That's Like, I've been slipping. But today was really good. I actually gained, like, 100 MMR today. And the way that I was communicating was just telling people what i was doing what i thought what i thought we should do as a team and if they flamed me or didn't listen i would just mute mute them instantly and keep doing it and that's uh that's really that works for me 
pretty effectively unless you get people like well i'm not gonna actually i was gonna i was about to name drop but that's not that's not good there's certain people who won't listen because i think they're they think they're a lot better yeah i think they're like too good and then they die once and then start griefing and it's like come on dude just try just trying to i'm not trying to annoy you just trying to win a fucking game here like i'm just trying to win forgive me for that but um yeah just talking and then not giving a shit what people think is definitely your your go-to solution for that um yeah, I think alt clicking is super underrated too. Like, oh yeah, that for sure too. I agree. I alt click so much stuff. Like, you know, alt clicking awards, let people know who have them. Alt clicking smoke. Well, you should also do like, if you hold alt and then press down on your mouse and don't release, you can like ping that there's vision somewhere. You can ping yep. to attack a place, ping to defend a place. A lot of the time, people will listen. Um, if if you just do that, I I would say what's important is what to do when people don't listen, which is just really don't let it affect you because. If, if, if you let it affect you, it's going to build bad habits for the games where people do listen, and then you're going to lose those. It's all about it's all about statistically increases your, increasing your chances of winning over a long period of time, because there's going to be exceptions. BSJ says this, actually. There are rules and there are exceptions, uh, which I, compl- I completely agree with what he with what he was saying. He was he said that when we were playing with him, and he was like explaining some shit to us. He was like, he said that. I was like, that's that's a really nice saying, actually, because it, it is true. People always point out the exceptions. They're like, well, I can't do this because my team will do this. It's like, well, no, that's an asshole. Not everybody's an asshole in this game. Yeah. If there, there are ass. I'm not saying there's not assholes. It's just that you you have to win the games where there aren't assholes instead of losing instead of losing those because you had other games with assholes. You know. Yeah, that's a huge piece. And then another thing that I would just say is like, um, if you just like just over communicate a little bit. Hey guys, I'm gonna go in now. If they don't follow you, like. You know, maybe next time take something from that. Maybe don't go in immediately expecting them to follow you. Yeah. Um, or also another thing that I see a lot is you win a fight, you're gonna go push high ground, but two of your teammates or three of your teammates are low and they go to heal or go farm or something like that because they're not healthy enough to go push high ground. And then two other the other two people on the team will be like, Well, we need to be pushing high ground now. And they're like, guys, we're going to push high ground. And then meanwhile, their three teammates are ignoring them because they don't have enough health and mana to actually push high ground. And so the two are like, well, whatever, we have to be pushing high ground. So they push two two heroes into high ground. Somebody buys back, kills them both, and suddenly your lead's gone. And so it's like, just because people don't listen to you, like sometimes you have to alter your plans. Sometimes you actually need to be like, well, this is not the correct decision that they're making, but because they have made this decision, and my decision is no longer correct. Like, even if the correct decision is to push high ground, if you don't have your team with you and you're going to die, if it's just the two of you, then despite being the correct decision, it is no longer the correct decision because your team is not there. Yeah, that's definitely a very common thing that happens as well. <laughs> okay, so the last question. If it isn't too late, which it isn't, you're the last question, I'd like to know about how to win games when your team has the advantage in a late game scenario, but you end up losing the early game? That's a good question. We saw a lot of that at TI. Uh, and you basically just, there's a couple ways of extending the game. There are, there, there's the method of just counter pushing the wave. So if you've like a storm spirit and he's just zipping and killing the whole wave, it's takes many, many waves for them to actually kill your tier three tower. Um, that's a good way to extend the game. And then at a certain point, you've harassed them down enough that you can actually fight them. Lena's really great for that too because you can just nuke out the wave. Basically, heroes that nuke out the wave 
uh, are really good in that sort of scenario. And playing with with those nukes on the wave, like intending not to fight them, intending just to chip. It's a kind of a play style thing. You have to communicate, like, okay, we're not going to fight until they're this low, or let's just let's just sit high ground and wait wait for them to dive. Uh, that's a good way to do it. Another good way to do it is to split push. You just uh, push two lanes, they push one, and eventually they're going to have two towers that are getting siege. You're going to have one, so they're going to want to back because that's not a good trade for them, uh, especially if they have their racks exposed as well. And uh, a lot of the time what you can do is you can just like do both at once, like chip them away, and then also split push two lanes. You get them low, they dive, you TP back on those two heroes, get two towers, kill a couple of them, and then boom, you have a lead. There you go. Like that's exact. That's literally how you how you do it. You just want people to be like cutting waves, be as obnoxious as possible on the opposite side of the map. Try to draw them back. It's very important to do that. Um, I would say that you have you have to combine the two. I have seen a lot of people just sit in their base and try to hold it out, but it's kind of like, ah, eh, you're just kind of sitting there. You should be like cutting a wave way on the other side of the map. Who cares if they TP and kill you? You're extending the game, right? Like like you said, you win the late game. Why? Why not get to that point? And why, like, if you have to sacrifice your life for, it, if you have buyback, who gives a shit? Doesn't matter. They're wasting their time going to the. That's the other key, map. man. Is that be extra diligent about managing your buyback money? Like, there are very there are are a few scenarios where it's like okay, like a BKB for example, it's okay to maybe buy out your BKB if you think that you're going to be fighting soon and and forego your buyback because having a BKB might be the difference maker in a fight, but. If you are like, let's say a support, and even if you're like, you're losing the early game super hard, you're a support, you need to, you know, get wars, you need to get like your tranquil boots, you need to get a force staff, um, but your base is being sieged, like do not buy anything because your spells are so important to be there that like sometimes you're literally going to have to run in to save one of your cores, throw your life away, and having buyback can be the difference between losing a game. Like, buybacks are like the literal reason that it's so hard to high ground right now. Nothing else. It's literally just buybacks. Yeah, they're the so high ground The high ground doesn't matter because there's all these crazy items and spells. People like Spectre doesn't give a fuck about going high ground. She's not going to miss. These like heroes don't care about high ground. There's no shrines in base. They don't care about fountain. They don't care about tier fours. Hell, heroes don't even care about the tier threes and like getting hit by the tower or the vision or anything like that. It's literally just buybacks. That is the sole reason that. High grounding is considered impossible right now because with how the formula works, every single hero on the enemy team should have buyback. Well, on any team. I, I don't know why I said enemy, but both teams will have buyback on every hero. Almost always. Like a hero who farms quickly is going to have high net worth but accelerated farm, so they'll have buyback. A support will have buyback because they have no net worth. And obviously, if you have no net worth, your buyback's really cheap. So everybody will have buyback, and all of the spells are really important. So if you don't hold high back, or oh, Jesus, if you don't hold buyback, you're basically not abusing the fact that pushing high ground is impossible right now. That's the reason for it. So you have to hold it. Yep. Okay. That's all the questions. Awesome. That's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. And um, thank you. We'll continue to try and do these like weekly. I think uh, this one we got all the questions from Discord. That seemed to be a very easy way to do it, as opposed to scrolling through like 10 million YouTube comments. But continue to comment on YouTube as well because we do use those from time to time. And um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go make an artifact video. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's All good right. stuff. Peace. Peace out.